in the beginning came the beasts and all the creeps, crawls, and flies. But nature lies. They're robots in disguise. Welcome to the Stasis Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm David. And I'm Jen. And I'm Alex. And welcome to the episode zero of our podcast discussing the uh, the seminal 1996 to 1999 Beast Wars TV show. Every, uh, every episode we'll be examining... Uh, this series, which revitalized the Transformers franchise and brought it to where it uh, where it is today. In uh, our this episode zero, we'll just be discussing the uh, essentially the state of the franchise in 1995-1996 and uh, how we got into it in the first place. It, so, it was in bad shape. It was in real bad shape. Yeah. So after after what has now been dubbed uh, Generation One ended in 1990, uh, it lay fallow for a couple of years in North America at least, and then was uh, briefly revived from uh, 90 was it 93 to 95. With uh, Transformers Generation Two, which was yeah. initially a bunch of uh, repa- uh, repaints uh, and a smattering of new figures, uh, eventually leading up to all new figures in 1995, but uh, it just wasn't a big hit. I'm hey, I, I was totally into it, but and there was I, I, I loved it too. I am an exception in many things. I completely ignored Generation Two. I and that that is sort of how I got into Transformers. Uh, and it had some media tie-ins. It had a 12-issue comic series. It had uh, reruns of Generation 1 brought to you by the magic of the Cybernet Space Cube. <laughs> oh, the creepy, simple CG cube spinning around. That's and my despite, SSID name. And despite the uh, Generation 2 being where I got my start in the, being a fan of Transformers, I never ran into the 12-issue comic or the reruns of G1 featuring the Cybernet Space Cube until, oh. like, I got into the fandom proper in, like, the 2000s. Oh, wow. That's sad. So I did not even know there was fiction. <laughs> that is surprising. Aww. That uh, that, sh- that Generation 2, I think, was pretty heavily syndicated. Yeah. It, it wasn't at, the, at that time, immediately before Generation 2, as, as the TV show, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel in its early days uh, ran an animation block on weekday mornings of the original Transformers, a little bit cut for uh, for commercial time. Uh, nothing too significant except the entirety of one of Skids's two lines <laughs> uh, and Robotech, oh, which was actually where I first discovered Robotech. Uh, and then some other things, uh, Gigantor at one point, uh, the actual original black and white Gigantor. Uh, they uh, they had the color show... later, but that's yes. Transformers. They would they would show some of those terrifying Gary Anderson puppet things. Oh. And oh. Uh, but when they actually when they started doing Generation Two, the episodes that they used for Generation Two were pulled out of the rotation on the Sci Fi Channel. So for a little bit they were show- they were still showing it, but minus those thirteen episodes from the first season they did of of Generation Two, and then they just 
got to a point where they stopped showing it entirely, probably because there were just, you know, too many, too much fussing over the rights for it versus Hasbro wanting to pull some of them for G2 and probably wasn't worth it for them at that point. It may have even dipped below the syndication threshold. That is entirely possible because I believe once it went weekdays, that's normally 52 episodes. I think so, yes. Something along those lines. And the series as a whole was only, you know, a little over 100. So, yeah, it may very well have dropped below the threshold for sci-fi to even bother showing it. But anyway, it uh, none of this, the comics, the TV show, or the toys, uh, were not that popular. No. I mean, the comic it, book ran for, I mean, 12 issues is not a great run for any comic book. No, and especially not, a, not in the 90s, when you could put out 35 issues of Silver Sable in the Wild Pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could put you could put out and, and have me purchase an embarrassingly long run of Punisher 2099. <laughs> it was a comic that heavily featured a character called G. Axis. And they did. <laughs> they did indeed. Yeah. So it, it it turns out you couldn't just sell the same stuff that you uh, were selling in the 80s. And, you know, slap some neon paint and giant missile launchers on it. But but the neon and the giant missile launchers. Yeah. And the top all, boxes. Yes. I do think that Generation 2 is something that really highlighted the, the contradiction of that sort of entertainment in the 90s because you had those bright neon colors but then you had say with the comic book where everything was very intentionally dark and gritty to the point of having a lot of like ink splatter to the art and a very very you know gritty looking thing and have these toys being bright colors uh, the the other thing that comes to mind as really embodying that kind of contradiction of, of the 90s was actually something that uh, later Transformers brand manager Aaron Archer worked on, which was the Batman Night Force Ninja line, <laughs> where Batman and, and all of his assorted associated characters were just neon-colored ninjas, which is... I am the night, color me puce. <laughs> But but G two definitely had a lot of that contradiction going on where it was. I trying love to... those avant garde striking color schemes. The colors yes. are actually really nice to look back on. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite G two toys to this day is a teal green truck with magenta oh. flames just kind of splattered on Turbo fire. Contrasting yes. colors. One of the first Transformers toys I ever got. So shall we all discuss how we got got into Transformers and what our relationship was with Beast Wars and what's new? Sure. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Shall I lead off? So. Go ahead. Okay, well, I uh, I was born in 85, so I sort of got into the tail end of it. Uh, so, you know, the Micromasters and the, the odd uh, pretender. But I really only got into it uh, big time with uh, Generation 2 when I was sort of hitting that prime... Uh, boys action figure market age and you know i read the uh i read the few issues of the comic that made it onto the newsstand which ended with number seven so i didn't know how it ended until years later i just assumed that it'd be canceled <laughs> and yes I, I you know watched the show via the magic of the cybernet space cube Yay! 
And, uh, yeah, I really liked the toys. And then, you know, around 95, uh, they just uh, sort of dried up, and I figured, well, you know, that's that's it. They're not making Transformers anymore. And uh, then uh, on a, a early, week, I believe a weekday morning in April, uh, I caught the pilot of Beast Wars. And initially I had no idea what it was. And I think this was around the same time that we also got the first uh, commercial for Beast Wars. As I, this was, you know, 1996, and I had yet to discover the internet. So things just sort of, you know, when, when you saw things on TV for the first time, you had no idea they were coming. They just showed, just up. showed up. Yeah. And, and you, yours was a slightly different flavor since you're Canadian, so you had... Beasties. Yeah. Well, uh, but we, <laughs> I, I lived uh, in Chatham, which was close enough to the U.S. border that we got TV signals from Detroit. Oh. Ah, so you so could I get saw, kids' shows with wars in the title. Yes, yeah, so I saw that Beast Wars pilot uh, from it was either Detroit or Cleveland, but one of those. And then you know, I it was on the next day, and then it wasn't on after that. So I assumed it was just the the one hour pilot. That was it. They weren't making any more. Yeah, which seemed to happen a lot in the nineties. Yeah. And then late. that fall, uh, YTV, which is a Canadian station, uh, started advertising for a show called Beasties. Beasties! I, I, I didn't make the connection. Well, no, because it's, it's close. I said it was from the uh, makers of Reboot, which I enjoyed. I tuned in, and it turned out to be Beast Wars. Yeah, my story's kind of... Well, I'm older than Rob by a bit, so I, I was the target age for the cartoon. How and, old are you, David? Um, right. <laughs> 1977, I was born. Okay. So yeah, I'm. I'm Good lord. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I was the target. <laughs> like th- that was like when I was first getting into actually reading comics. And like, well, my cousin would give me some comics, but old Marvel stuff. But the first one I kept getting was Transformers. I got a subscription at the store, and I actually ordered a subscription that came to my house eventually. So, for, I fell in love with that. Four issue limited series that became eighty issues. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite comic blurbs ever. At the top of the last issue, issue eighty in a four issue limited series. Yeah, like you know, that was we brilliant. We yes. outlasted the odds. <laughs> yes, so there was that. So I was watching the cartoon. I had that of the toys, and at some point after the comic ended and the cartoon was gone, it was like. It started getting past the Pretenders. There was Micromasters and there was Action Masters. It's like, they don't transform anymore. I don't care about Transformers anymore. So I stopped. So I, I never saw any G2 toys. I saw the comic. I didn't read it. I didn't pick it up. So it was, I was in a Transformers no-go zone for quite a while until, like Rob, I saw a commercial for, hey, it's a show made by the people that made Reboot. I really liked Reboot. It's like, wait, this is Transformers? Okay. And I fell into that. But I fell into the show. I never actually got any Beast Wars toys. I was just watching another cartoon. And there I go. <laughs> I guess I could go next. Hey, uh, you're, you're a fandom veteran. Yeah. Uh, I. You had the internet. In Well, no, I didn't even have the internet until Beast Wars was starting. But what I had. I didn't have it until like after Beast Wars was done. <laughs> What I had was an idea that there was a a fan community out there, mostly organized through Usenet, uh, mostly college students who had college internet, because in the earlier 90s, in the mid-90s, 
most of the people on the internet were college students who had college internet. Uh, at that point, I, in, in the, at the beginning of G2, uh, sort of my origin story was when I went into a Toys R Us and saw the re-release G1 cars, Jazz and Sideswipe and Inferno and saw an Optimus Prime. And this was December right before Christmas in 92, I believe it was. So this was, you know, these had probably just been put on the shelves and that just hit home for me. I remembered everything from when I was younger. I remembered how much I had been into Transformers as a kid. I was born in 78. So, you know, I was also that sort of target audience. I had a pretty humble country upbringing. I lived in the middle of nowhere. I was aware that comic books was a thing, were a thing, but I hadn't really gotten any until I was, I'd, I'd say around sixth grade or so. Uh, and at that point, you know, at, at that point it was Ninja Turtles, <laughs> not, not of course original Ninja Turtles, but. You know, and, and it was like a couple that I would pick up from a newsstand when I went with my mother to run errands for her job. So I had like maybe five comic books uh, until this point when I saw those G2 toys on the shelf and just everything sort of came back to me. I checked around the TV schedule until I found that sci-fi was showing them. And I actually remember... The first episode that I caught on Sci-Fi Channel was The God Gambit, which is one of those fun second season episodes where it's trying really hard to be serious sci-fi. And, uh, and not and, quite and succeeding. Not, not quite. And I was really into going to used bookstores and getting older books, and I started digging through the stacks there for the Marvel comics. And I, I'm sure if I had never discovered the comics... And especially if I had never discovered Simon Furman's work, I would not be talking about this today because I, well, I might have ended up back with it with Beast Wars because it, it was so well written. But what what really kept me into it was seeing that there were these stories that I could appreciate as a 14, 15, 16 year old. Uh, so I, I like to say that, you know, as this this little scrawny teenager with dyed black hair and my flannel shirt and my biker jacket over my Alice in Chains t-shirt. I totally was the target audience for the G2 comic. And it's, it's just a shame that there aren't more people like me out there. Uh, But, but I read the G2 comic as it came out and it, you know, it left an impression on me. I, picked up as many of the toys as I could get a hold of. I would obsessively record the G1 cartoons off of Sci-Fi Channel. I still have a box somewhere that I really need to unload of VHS tapes of those episodes that are just in such bad shape mm. because I I didn't foresee DVDs and and also I didn't foresee people actually caring about Transformers. So I, I, that was my attempt at being an archivist about them. Uh, and I still remember uh, towards the end of high school, a friend of mine who's actually still involved with the fandom, uh, Chip, came over to my place because I was going to show him Carnage in C minor because it was the worst episode in the history of G1. 
And that, my that's mother up for debate, but yeah, <laughs> it's 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 bad though. It's the top three. It definitely. And my mother had recorded over it with some stupid movie, and I was just freaked out because oh, I was no. never going to be able to to access this episode again. Uh, which you know now it's on Netflix streaming, and just I've got like two different DVD issues of all of it, so. So this was, a, and, and this I think ties in a lot to where Transformers was during G2, which was in the pop culture reject pile. No one cared about this stuff. Uh, I got the Transformers, the movie VHS tape right before it went out of print. Uh, it was just stuff that no one really cared about. I got toys at yard sales and I never really expected, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, when I was in high school, I really wanted to at some point get a, a tattoo of an Autobot symbol. But I thought to myself, you know, in in 15 or 20 years, who's even going to know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hilarious. And that's actually even more recognizable now than it was when I was in high school. And and so uh, from those from the letters pages of the comics that I was piecing together a collection of, I managed to get in touch with some people who were still involved in, in the fan community. Uh, Leon Elliott, uh, Tony Buchanan being two of the bigger ones. And from that, I started doing my own fanzine because I loved writing fan fiction and putting, you know, bringing other people's fan art and fan stories to everyone's attention. And, so I went to my first BotCon was in 95 and I was this scrawny little 16 year old with dyed black hair and, you know, passing out my, my fanzine to people. And I, I admit that when Beast Wars started, I was definitely in the truck, not monkey category because to me, I felt firmly because I was 16 and I had all these and 17, you know, going on. And I had all these ridiculous, super deep, crazy ideas about how their mechanical nature was what made them a superior life form. And by making them partially organic, it was just bringing them down to our pathetic level. And humanity is stupid, and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that. So it's, I mean, I can definitely look back on it and see that we're... My my opinion was not even necessarily formed by not wanting change, but formed by these really obnoxious teenage sci-fi addict nerd ideas about <laughs> humanity and the nature thereof. So I, you know, I I paid attention to it though because it was the next Transformers thing. Uh, I and I caught the premiere when it showed. Uh, in April of that year, and that was actually during my last year of high school, my last spring of high school. And I did know it was coming on because I saw it in the TV schedule back in the days when you would get this great big guide that had all the TV schedules. Uh, I, I think it came on uh, clay tablets. Yeah, they they mailed. They had a a carrier personally come up to your house on a horse with a clay tablet to, to give you your your TV schedule. And I, I saw it there in the grid and said Beast Wars. I was like, oh, hey, they're doing a cartoon for it, I guess. Uh, and, and I saw it, and I actually 
perhaps to post along with one of these, I'll have to see if I can find my review I wrote of it for my fanzine, which turned out to be the last issue of my fanzine for various reasons, primarily because then I finally did get the internet. And so I was able to media vanished. Yeah. And I, I, I still remember, I think it was botcon 96. I think it's the guy who runs cybertron.com had the first fanzine printed in color. (laughs) I was like, oh man, I think it was only like four pages. This must have been a a veritable Gutenberg moment at the time. (laughs) Yes, it was, it was pretty amazing. And, and that actually, I remember had a a picture of Beast Wars Megatron from the cartoon on it. (laughs) Oh my God. Color printing. Uh, That was like high end back then. So, so yeah, I, I wrote up a review of it, and my review was actually, this isn't written terribly. Uh, Optimus Primal is not a bat for some reason, and Megatron is not <laughs> a crocodile. But, yeah, that, that very short window when that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because at that point, you know, we... We weren't kept up to date the way that we are now. Even the people who were on the internet, who were on all toys Transformers... I would like to point out that at one point when I was in high school, a guy flirted with me by printing me out Steve Stonebreaker's Alt Toys Transformers fac from home where he had the internet. And and I would carry it around in a folder in my backpack for for a little while because I was the biggest nerd in the world. I was the punkest nerd. And... uh, so yeah, when it when it finally showed up, I, I wrote a review and I mentioned that it had a bunch of toys that we hadn't seen anything about yet, uh, but that would presumably be showing up. Because at that point, basically, we knew about toys when they showed up in a catalog somewhere. I mean, even being involved in the fandom, in the whole fan scene at the time, I would still be able to go to the store and see a toy that I didn't know was coming out. Which was those? Those are those are some days I missed there. Yeah. Yeah. So I I wrote my review of that and then discovered the internet and was able to post my fanfic on my own website that had tiled wallpaper that was like this grayscale Autobot symbol and like a little graphic at the top of like Cybertron from Beast Wars and. It was supposed to have any flame gifts on it. No, it did not, because even then I knew I had decided that that was too tacky. <laughs> and uh, and it it was hosted on AOL though. <laughs> so yeah, just as in the early days of Beast Wars, that was when I I got on the internet was ninety seven or so, and the rest I would say is history. Alex? All right. Uh, Alex is our junior member, and I believe you are up. Yep, I am the baby of the group. I was born in 1988. Aww. Not that much younger than Rob. And among my earliest memories are not even getting, but just having G2 Beachcomber, G2 Rapido, G2 Turbofire, G2 Afterburner, and for some reason that I have absolutely no explanation for... A, like, pastel pink, purple, and green Easter basket knockoff of G1 Sludge. That sounds <laughs> oh. brilliant. And very pretty. 
I yeah. am sad that it's at a Goodwill somewhere. Aww. But anyway, I just had Transformers toys, and my parents were always good about keeping me away from the toy aisle so I wouldn't beg for stuff, and I just got stuff for Christmas and birthday instead. And I think at that point, Easter and... Yeah, those were probably the big three at that point. So I'd get Transformers as one of the big things that I got, and then I had a close friend who I'd go over to their house to hang out and play with who just had oodles of G.I. Joe, which I didn't care about at all, and G2 Transformers, like half of the uh, G2 Superion, half of G2 Bruticus, maybe more than half, but like without any of the combiner kibble, so I never knew they combined into anything until way later. (laughs) And like... Combat Hero Optimus Prime and Combat Hero Megatron, so I was around all these toys, and I loved them, and I saw the commercials on TV, like that CGI Generation 2 commercial of Optimus Prime with the voice pack where he talked. I am Optimus Prime. Yep, and then later on, like the commercials for, was it the Power Dasher? No, Rotoforce. The Rotoforce commercials, which... I'm pretty sure had Gary Chalk voicing one of the... Yes, Gary Chalk is definitely in those G2 commercials. Yes. I think he's also Superion. I would believe that. Yeah. So, like, I'm seeing these commercials on TV for these toys, some of which I see my friend has, none of which I think I ever ended up having. I don't think I had any that were actually advertised that got animated on those commercials. And then the Beast Wars commercial shows up, and it's like, oh, okay. I've seen Optimus Prime be two different kinds of trucks before that were significantly different. I'll buy an alligator. Not that I ever actually bought the alligator, because like I said, the parents were kind of in control of the purse strings at that point and didn't take me to the toy aisle. Yeah, as as a sad aside, I would like to point out that in like 98, I had my wisdom teeth taken out and I was super mm-hmm. drugged up. And I went, I caught a ride to Walmart with my parents and tried to get them to buy me Terrorsaur because I was super drugged up and had just had my wisdom teeth taken out and they would not buy me Terrorsaur. Oh, oh that's horrible. <laughs> my parents are jerks. And, you know, he was like five bucks in uh, 1995. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was 18, I had a job, but, you know, it would have been nice that they <laughs> felt sorry for me. Anyway, sorry, go on. Anyway, so basically I saw that first Beast Wars commercial with the Victor Caroli narration that we had so wonderfully recreated for us at the beginning of this episode. And then I was probably just downstairs with the TV on because all the stuff that I had to play with was downstairs and the TV was downstairs and it was scary down there if I didn't have something to make noise. (laughs) So whenever I was down there in the mornings, either on weekdays during the summer or on weekends, if I was getting up early for the Saturday morning blocks, I'd have the TV on. And then, hey, here's a full TV show version of those commercials for those cool toys I like. This is awesome. And then it turned out to be really well written, and it was the one I always went out of my way to watch. I don't know if I caught the first episode when it first premiered or not. I'm going to guess not. But I probably managed to watch it through in syndication two to three times, and... While I did not actually have that much control over my journeys to the toy aisle, I did get to see toy catalogs sometimes, so I'd put the ones that I wanted on my wish list for next major gift-receiving holiday. And also, I got a computer from my grandfather that kind of the entire family shared, and I had limited control over, and 
we had the internet by like 94, 95, and it was like the real internet, not AOL by 96. So during some of those supervised going online sessions where the parents are hovering over my shoulder, at least in the same room and kind of freaking out and making sure I'm not, you know, giving out personal information about where to kidnap me to strangers online because that was a concern back then. And I like stumbled across uh, Ben's World of Transformers. Was it even called that back then, or was it just called BeastForceTransformers.com or yeah, BWTF? BWTF back, uh, back then. And yeah. then the, he justified continuing to cover stuff post-Beast Wars by naming it after himself. Well, <laughs> and, you know. So, like, while I was watching the show, and while I was getting the t- some of the toys on occasions and hanging out with this friend who was still getting all these toys, and I was looking at just kind of this bizarre window into the fandom online and seeing like, oh, there's a convention of people who like this stuff as much as I do. I wish I could go to there, but I won't be able to for like a decade. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, it was tiny. I mean, it was awesome, but it was tiny. But, uh, you know, where else could you get uh, cake and water at noon? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like joke. To, I like to say that that botcon. I I enjoyed botcon because it was where I could tell jokes about Starscream and people would get them. <laughs> yeah. It was sad being me. Okay, so I think that's uh, that does everybody. So shall we uh, shall we let it be here on this strange unknown internet and let it be called the Stasis Podcast. <laughs> And then there's some wailing guitars we pull out dramatically. Ah, oh, that guitar music was so great. This first season is going to be really cheesy, guys. Yeah. But it's the best kind of cheesy. I remember around, like, uh, when it first came out on DVD, 2004, 2005, when people were just first starting to get HD TVs too. I had another friend whose house I'd hang out at constantly who they'd just gotten, like, the huge... Like, they built a home theater addition to their house and got, like, a gigantic, like, a subwoofer that is as tall as, like, a four-foot-tall person Uh and about the same shape. And a wall-filling screen and an upscaling DVD player, and I watched some of the early episodes, and I remember at the time thinking, huh, this still looks pretty good, and I'm, I'm imagining there is no way in hell I will think that now. I hope I... I haven't actually really seen Beast Wars since it aired. I've seen a few episodes like a few years ago. I rewatched Beast Machines like three or four years ago, but I haven't seen Beast Wars as a whole since back then. Yeah, it's maybe a bad idea, guys. (laughs) When it was on, I would sometimes watch episodes. And like I said, I was weirdo obsessive kid. I would sometimes watch episodes over and over, so I still have a pretty good memory of all of them. I did try to watch it when I saw it was on Netflix with my poor roommate, who is like 23 years old, and so I'm always like, oh my god, Zach, we have to watch Back to the Future. We have to watch this or that other thing that you haven't seen. We have to watch the original RoboCop. It's like, no, but I've seen it before. But you saw a a TV edit, and that doesn't count. You didn't see them turn Alex Murphy into Play-Doh. Exactly. If you saw a TV, 
if you saw a TV edit of RoboCop, it doesn't count. I haven't so, even seen RoboCop, and I know a TV edit of RoboCop isn't RoBoCop. I don't. Yeah. So, I don't think so I've in the actual R-rated version. We got oh, through oh, no, a I had few HBO. episodes of it before he refused to watch anymore, even though I insisted that it really picked up in the second season. He was like, "It's it's not worth it." Well, he's gonna I have to watch we, it all over again. I don't think we even made it to the low road. <laughs> <laughs> also, when when it was originally on. At one point, I was watching, it was the morning that The Low Road first aired, and I I was getting up at like 7 or 8 in the morning to watch it, and I was out of high school at that point, and I worked like a retail job, so I was making an effort to actually be up at a certain time. And my sister, who is a younger sister and was an extra snarky high schooler at that point, she she came out of the basement right at the ending of The Low Road. And if you've seen The Low Road, or if you remember The Low Road, you will understand why she gave me this look that was like, this is what you've been getting up at 7 or 8 in the morning to watch. I don't remember what episode Spoilers for Robot Farts. Oh, oh, it's that episode. Oh, God. It's yes, The Low Road just... is the 23-minute setup for a fart joke. Oh, yes, it I just do ends with that. a big fart punchline, and my sister was just like... What the hell is wrong with you? you know, I'm actually concerned. I mean, I, I remember the stories and the voice acting being good. The animation itself mm, probably won't hold up. It's very yeah. good for 1995. It, well, fart jokes aside, the writing should be good. It's very now, expressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's I'm talking about like, the, the textures and the lack of shading. Lack of shadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, nobody has shadows, and it looks weird. But yeah. And it it took them until like season season three to really get the hang of water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, they didn't have any aquatic characters until then, so that helped. Yeah. Well, I believe they like intentionally did not have uh hammer shark. Cyber shark. Cyber shark. They were going to have him in season two and didn't because they couldn't do water well enough. What is difficult? I'm actually really excited to experience the show from that standpoint because, as a profession, I've gotten more involved in 3D modeling and the technology behind it. And I remember, even at the time, being aware that the animation of it was really good. And also, I remember along the line somewhere that I was informed that for some incredibly bizarre reason, they just animated scenes and didn't storyboard anything until, like, season three. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what, what kind of effect that had on their process. I, I I do remember at one point at, at, at BotCon, Bob Forward showing us a storyboard that he had drawn for an episode in which Rampage was just drawn as this great, like, seafood restaurant-looking mascot crab. It's <laughs> 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 just this ridiculous cartoon crab. He was, he was Seafood Louie. Yes, that was Seafood Louie. Oh, in gags. Yeah, a, a lot of Beast Wars was sort of made up on the fly, as we'll, uh, we'll come to find out. Yes, I'm definitely interested in seeing if the writing holds up as well as I remember, because, I mean, as, as for instance, Exo Squad, which was one of my favorite shows when I was a teenager, I went back and tried to rewatch recently, and I think it was one of those things where I hadn't really seen a cartoon until then try to pull off that kind of storytelling, 
but now I've seen so many do it that it really pales in comparison to people who have come since who have done that sort of thing better. And so I'm curious to see how well Beast Wars will show up. But given my memories of it, I mean, I expect it probably does still the storytelling holds up perfectly well. We will see. I mean, we got a Transformers series after this that was largely handled by people who did a large number of scripts for this, and it was pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got Robots in Disguise, and then we got Armada. Uh, Robots in Disguise is okay. (laughs) It's acceptable. Robots in Disguise is a show. Yeah. I was not actually referring to Beast Machines with that. Ah. Um, I assume, uh, was it uh... animated? Yeah, animated had basically uh... half the staff of Beast Wars or something. Yeah, a decent chunk of the writing staff were the... And also uh, Marty Eisenberg from uh, Beast Machines. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And then I think Eisenberg's done some stuff for uh, Prime as well. Yeah, I think so. As opposed to Greg Weissman, who did an episode for Prime that was just all about shipping, which is, I guess, what you would expect from Greg Weissman. Yeah, that sounds like the Greg Weissmaniest thing. (laughs) Shipping? Was it a knockout episode? Yeah, Um, there was knockout. I think he was in it. And there was also... Uh, mostly uh, it was about Ernie Hudson and Marky Post hanging out. Oh, Yeah, I, it was mostly about Agent Fowler and Jack's mom being tied up in a trunk together. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it was like out of sight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, please, join us on our this voyage of discovery to this uh, this strange primitive world. And we'll see you all next time. On the Stasis Pod. Bono. I'm Rob. I'm Rob. The Beast Wars Podcast. Oh yeah, and we'll hopefully have an iTunes eventually. The uh, it, it's pretty easy to set up. We got a Twitter. Yeah. Yes. You have a Twitter. Yay. We are the Stasis Pod. We're Stasis Pod. Wait, is it? It's just Stasis. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get the hang of it. Yeah. We'll, we'll That's why this is the episode zero. Yep. I'm Jen. Bye. I'm David, boy, boy. I'm Alex, bye. Bada, 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 bada. It actually just is Stasis Pod, and, and we have a Gmail. I think, Yay! I think that might Stasis Next Pod. time on the Stasis Pod. We'll, we'll have our shit together. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. We have a Tumblr. We should have a Tumblr. Uh, oh. Did, Tumblrs are good. Did I sign up for a Tumblr? I don't remember. If not, I'm sure we can set one up. Yes. Tumblrs. Well, we have Jen. Wait, you have. Is it? What's your website? This is Icon what, Underground. Okay, it'll, it'll be there. I'm already spending money I can't afford on hosting it, so we might as well put something good there. Yay! Yay! I just know one day I was bored and I, I bothered to check. Oh, is there a Stasis Pod Twitter? No, there isn't. Now there is. Oh, yes, I did do it. Ha ha! I am so smart. I am. You are a genius. Yes, I'm Martin. Yay!
And begin. Maybe. Okay, everybody is ready. Yeah, I guess so. Ready as I'm gonna be. Yep. All right. In the beginning came the beasts and all that creeps, crawls, and flies. But nature lies. They're robots in disguise. Welcome to the Stasis Podcast. I'm Rob. Rob, do that again. I was hearing the clicking. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I I want that part without the clicking. If the clipping clicking shows up later, right. I can get it around. But. In the beginning came the beasts and all the creeps, crawls, and flies. But nature lies. They're robots in disguise. Welcome to the 80-page blurg. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. The Stasis Pod, Beast Wars Podcast. Yeah, now we got to record this in our brains and, and get it to stay there. The Stasis Podcast. Yes. yes. Welcome to the Stasis Podcast. I'm Rob. Don't I have to edit around that? You were cutting into... Uh... <laughs> you want me to do it a third time? Yes, please. All right.